Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy. And this is Angelina. And welcome to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. Welcome back. We have a really amazing episode ahead of us today. I'm excited because we've been talking about it for a while. That's exactly what I was about to say. You read my mind. A very large portion of our audience, not all, but a very large portion of our audience are parents with kids of varying ages, but many have kids under 18. And we thought that this would be such a great episode to discuss some internet safety. With that said, Angeline, I'm going to turn it over to you for the intro. Yeah. And I want to say we actually had a number of listeners reach out and ask for this topic and say, I need help with this. I would love to hear more about this. So I'm happy to welcome a friend of mine. Jessie Zapardo is a special agent in law enforcement specializing in cyber crimes. She uses her 13 years of law enforcement experience to help combat child exploitation and investigate computer facilitated crimes. She has been involved in criminal investigations at the federal, state, and local level, and she has identified and rescued several children who have been victims of child abuse, child exploitation, and sex trafficking. Her work has led to the prosecution and arrest of numerous predators of children, and she shares her knowledge by conducting outreach geared towards children, parents, and educators, teaching them about internet safety through education and awareness. And I have to add, she was just named by Ole Miss as the 40 under 40. So not quite yet 40, but she's almost there. So we're so proud of her for that and excited to welcome Jesse. Welcome to Talk 40 to Me. Awesome. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. We really, really appreciate it. We're super excited about this. And I think a lot of other parents are going to be very happy to have you on and to hear more about you. So tell what you can share. Tell us a little bit about you. I mean, ever since I was young, I knew like I wanted to be a special agent for the government. It was just something like I was obsessed with the Secret Service and the FBI and just the whole thing behind it. So I kind of like set my path up for this, so to speak. You know, it wasn't always easy and it came with a lot of roadblocks, but I went to Ole Miss for undergrad. I majored in criminal justice. I came back home I got my master's in criminology. And at the same time, I was working for a local police department doing cyber crimes and their investigations and used that as my own like research and data for my thesis, um, which was based on internet sex offenders. There wasn't a lot of research done on it at the time because it was still a very new thing. I mean, even though the internet's been around for some time, these crimes were starting to come to light and be proactively investigated by law enforcement. Um, I'm sure y'all remember To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. So with that show, a lot of law enforcement agencies were starting to do more of the proactive undercover chats to try to target people who were looking to hurt kids or meet kids online. And so that's kind of where I got started. And I was in local law enforcement for a long time. And then Recently made the switch to the federal government, been there for a couple of years, and I just, I love it. I'm passionate about it, and I love it. I forgot about that show, now that you say it. <laughs> yeah. I used to watch that. 
That's crazy. It was so interesting and gratifying when he would catch them. Yes. You know, I found yes. that very fascinating. I can't. I can't sleep at night if I watch it. Yeah. I do have to say, like, one caveat, though, is that after that show, people were trying to do their own, like, investigations. Yeah. And turn it over to the police. And we were like, please don't. Like, there's a whole issue of entrapment here. And you need to be in law enforcement to do your investigation. Please don't try and take it on yourself. But yeah. And then you, on the other hand, Brandy, are like, I can't sleep. And then they have other people out there like, let me catch my own. It's like true crime. Can't. I can't do it. You know, leading up to today's interview, I, I want to say it was even this morning that I that I saw something come across my Facebook and thought about our discussion today. This person posted on her Facebook page that she received a call from a local number and it had a little girl on the other line and she said, mommy. And then she heard a man in the background and then the man picked up the phone and he uh, said, what is your daughter's name? And she's like, who is this? Who are you? And he was basically saying like he had her daughter. He needed ransom. Da -da 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 -da. She called the school to see if her daughter was in school. And in fact, her daughter was at school. So they somehow got her number, called her and tried to, you know, get some kind of money or something from her. And so she was posting it out to her Facebook community to say, you know, these things are happening, like, be aware of some things going on. And it gave me chills and thought, gosh, this is, this is timely to have today's discussion, because these things are happening. And there's other times where, you know, people have posted, human trafficking is a really big thing in Texas, I have several friends that are involved in nonprofit organizations to help combat that. And, you know, people have posted things like they've seen people take pictures of their children, and, you know, so I think it it's terrifying, but I think knowledge is power in helping us to kind of understand what do we need to do to protect our families and be on a watchful eye, whether it's internet or, you know, in the physical sense. You had mentioned the Facebook post about the human trafficking and human trafficking and child sex trafficking are different, but regardless, it's trafficking. It's a really big buzzword right now. It's very popular in the media uh, and then especially social media in these viral posts. And a lot of times with these viral posts, I have an issue with them because it's not actually what child sex trafficking is. Less than 10% of trafficking victims are actually kidnapped. Traffickers are not snatching kids out of baskets. They're not targeting your three-year-old. Now, does it happen? Yes, it is extremely rare. There's pedophiles out there. There are crazy people out there, you know? So yes, like you still need to be aware of your surroundings. Don't let your guard down, you know, and, and be alert and cautious. But with people throwing around the word, oh, it's, it's child trafficking, human trafficking, you're really doing a disservice to the true victims and could possibly be overlooking what is actually happening and how these girls and boys are actually being trafficked. The majority of traffickers are recruiting their victims through social media. Also, you know, at malls, sporting events, things like that. But the majority are being recruited through social media. And the most vulnerable children in our society are the ones who are economically vulnerable or 
emotionally vulnerable, you know, and those are the kids who are targeted the most. They'll, you know, groom them, give them false promises. And some of them even pose as like a boyfriend and convince the girl or boy that they're in a relationship with them. And then they'll turn it to be something, you know, negative and they'll turn them into like a a trafficking victim, so to speak. The hard part about trafficking victims is a lot of time they don't trust law enforcement because of the things that um, they have been told by their trafficker or experiences they've had in the past, and they don't always want to be helped. So it's just a very challenging thing that law enforcement's going through. And a lot of the nonprofits, you know, I'm so grateful for them doing the work that they they do and in, in getting these victims the resources they need because they don't always want to see law enforcement you know, and they may be more open to the nonprofits and receiving help and resources from them. I went to a luncheon about a year ago with a nonprofit who they said that, you know, the the founder said that she was just called to create this nonprofit. She's like, I've never ran a nonprofit. I've never worked for a nonprofit. But she said, I just kept praying and I was called to do this. Uh, And it's for women in, you know, in human trafficking and who, or who have been trafficked, I should say. And um, they've created a safe house for these victims. And they had a a family come up and talk at the luncheon. And the parents were saying that she has gone back many times to her, I don't know what you call them, but the person who trafficked her. And they said that is it's very hard, even through therapy and all of the things that they go through, like the struggle that they experience and how difficult it is to help them overcome those situations. It was, it was heartbreaking. And I mean, that sounds like a concern, caring family, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and involved and they're still experiencing, you know, that back and forth. And it sounds like they're trying to get her the help and resources she needs. And it's still, just a struggle, you know? Yep. So we've had listeners reach out and say that they are most concerned with how to educate their kids and know what to look for. What advice do you have? I mean, for parents with young kids and for kids, like, gosh, I could imagine like the different types of conversations that you would have based on a child's life stage. I wish like I had one like answer, you know, to give everybody, because the most common question I get asked is when can I give my kid a phone? And that is not, uh, there is no hard and fast rule for that. That's not something I can answer, but you know, the advice I would give to parents is to educate yourself. You have to put in the work and take the time to educate yourself on what your kids are doing, what they're looking at. You know, I mean, just today, my daughter said, mom, can I play Minecraft? And I said, no, And she wanted to know why. And I said, well, I haven't done research yet. She's eight. I don't know if it's appropriate for her. I don't know. I mean, I know what Minecraft is, but I don't, I just see the ugly side of the internet. So it's like, well, let me educate myself and see, you know, what it is. And if it's appropriate for you, you know, your child's maturity level better than anybody. So you know what they can handle and not handle and see. So number one is educate yourself. It's if it's a game you don't know anything about or an app you don't know anything about, Google that app name and you know reviews, reviews for eight-year-olds, whatever. There are people out there who have done the work for you and you can read and see what 
people said, oh, mild violence or, you know, whatever, and decide if it's appropriate. The other thing is that you need to have an open and ongoing dialogue with your kids. You know, we always tell them, hey, don't talk to strangers at the park or at the mall, but are we telling them the same about the internet? And it needs to be an ongoing conversation, you know, starting when they're little and they're, we were just talking about YouTube, you know, and they're getting on YouTube and explain to them why, you know, what, what is out there and and make sure it's appropriate, obviously for their age level. And then as they get older, you know, you need to continue to have those conversations with them. Is there a resource available to help guide you on how to have those conversations at different ages? I mean, I want to talk to my six-year-old and my eight-year-old, but I don't, I don't know how far to take it with them. I want them to take it seriously. I want them to understand that there's things out there that are not safe. Right. So how do you do it to, in a, in a way and how much information do you divulge to where it doesn't scare the crap out of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, um, there are some resources and I can send you guys links and stuff. One of the ones we use the most and in the schools is called NetSmarts, N-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-Z.org. And it's run through um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And it's got some really good resources separated by age and grade level. And there are some other resources out there that I could share with you guys after this. And maybe, you know, if you want to push it out there for your listeners to um, do the same. So, but it is important, like you said, to have that conversation with them and not scare them. And look, I do this for a living and I even struggle, you know, with my own daughter and making it appropriate, but to where she'll still be able to sleep at night. You know, it's, you know, we used to worry about a stranger talking to your kid at the park, you know, when we were growing up and now these people are right in your living room so to speak, you know, or in your kids' bedrooms on their phone. So it's hard, you know, if you have teenagers, I would recommend an app to monitor no phones in the bedroom or obviously bathroom and also talk to them about grooming. Grooming is a, and there's a way, you know, to explain it to your kids, but that is when, you know, these predators are using things to get them to build their trust and confidence in the predator to where they think, oh my God, like we're on the same page. They understand me, you know, they'll send them gifts or even just say they're friends on Instagram and your kid shares a quote about, you know, whatever, not liking their parents or, you know, my parents don't understand. They're going to take that and just use it against the kid. Like, Hey, you know, I understand you and, and try and build that trust and gain that confidence just talking to them about things like that and that are out there so that they are aware of the signs of what could be happening. That's chilling. I know it's freaky. We we finally bit the bullet and we got Mus on a phone at 11. A friend of ours told me about an app called Bark and um, I put that on the phone. So you, it stalls in the back end and then it links to my computer and it'll alert us to every every little thing. Some of it's even like... like ultra sensitive. Like if he texts his dad and says he has a runny nose, it's like medical thing that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I'd rather it be oversensitive because we've been able to like hone in on conversations and text with friends and we haven't like uncovered anything, but also we can see if he's having a hard time too. 
Do you know of any others like that that are good or that you would recommend? That's the main one. I don't use it because we're not at that stage yet. But through talking to law enforcement, other parents, that was the number one app that, you know, I'm not like endorsing it because like I said, I don't use it. But Bark was the number one that other parents who work in this field have recommended. And I agree. I mean, just just the obviously oversensitive is is great, you know, but just to be able to monitor and see what he's going through without being like, give me your phone, you know, and making him feel like he's under a microscope all the time. I mean, he's he's 11, so he doesn't necessarily have privacy on his phone, but I feel like this is a good way that you can monitor what he's doing without, you know, making him feel like you're invading his space. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, I mean, he's a really good kid and he's very honest, but we did employ like no phone in the bedroom. So at night it needs to get plugged in with the other devices away from the room, you know, not in the bathroom, you know, so anytime he's on the phone, he's with us with the exception of maybe being at school or on the bus and we have Life360 on it, which I love. Yeah. To be able to... <laughs> so I really didn't want to get him a phone, but I love being able to track him. Yeah. It's really nice. That is nice. What's Life360? It's an app that we are, you can put it on all your phones and track your family members. I even have my sister-in-law has me on it. So actually the day of the Mardi Gras parade, when I was in the parade, she texted me and was like, your battery's low. <laughs> She's like, you have like less than 20% battery. Do you have a charger? You need to plug your phone in before you get off the float. Like she was like... She was tracking me leaving the parade and texting my husband to make sure, you know, so it's not just for kids too, but your yeah. whole family can use it. And I can, it pinpoints so I can physically like watch my son on the bus and see how close he is to school and the house. Oh, wow. That's cool. Mm -hmm. It's neat. She could have used that to follow you on the parade route. Like, oh, we're getting close. <laughs> He's almost here. Yeah. It's like parade tracker, but personal. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you mentioned doing your thesis and that all of that information was new at the time, fairly fresh. You know, when we were growing up, internet was brand new to households. You know, smartphones were not even in our realm of thought. But now we're in this place where cyberbullying and sextortion has been very prevalent. And I've seen a lot of stories on the news about, sadly, teenagers that become victims of this and they commit suicide as a result of it. Do you have suggestions on parameters that parents should set or certain behaviors we should look out for to help prevent this sort of thing? Yeah. First of all, I want to kind of explain what sextortion is, um, just in case people don't know or aren't aware of it, because this is something that we've seen like a huge uptick in males and females are being targeted. And so what it is, um, they'll go on Snapchat or Facebook or other forms of social media and will uh the the suspect will send like an explicit picture to the child and then eventually the child will send one back and once they have that they'll say oh okay well now i have your whole friends list um i know who your parents are i know where you go to school i'm going to send these photos to everyone unless you either a send me money or b send me more photos and, you know, I've had cases where the kids try to handle it themselves, so to speak. 
And they're like, well, I just kept sending him photos thinking it would stop. And what they're essentially doing is creating more content and putting it out there, you know, and you, you can't get it back. And once it's out there, it's out there. We don't know where it went. We don't know who he shared it with or she, you know, we don't know. And you can't track that photo. Then those kids become identified victims. And we work with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And we report those photos to them and they become victims to where if their photos are ever found on another suspect's computer, they could be uh, notified. It's just scary, you know, when you think of it in that perspective, it's not just like a teenager sending like a nude photo out, it's where is it going? I had a case where somebody local, their photos, nude photos were found on a guy's computer in Germany. And um, we were made aware of the case because of the stuff in the background indicated like the school that the kid was attending. And so, you know, we went to, yeah, we went to do like a victim notification and everything. And, and it had happened years ago. And, you know, the kid remembered the situation, but never told anybody. And that's another thing with that conversation, you know, with the kids who are trying to handle it themselves. And, you know, they need to have somebody that they can trust and, You'd hope it'd be you, but if not, a teacher, a counselor, an aunt, you know, a parent's friend that they would trust and be able to talk to about this and tell somebody, report it before it gets too, it's too late or it gets too out of hand. Um, so sextortion, like I said, is a huge thing. They're either asking for money or more photos. Some are doing it from the financial perspective where they're just trying to get money. It's um, really big in Nigeria and off the Ivory Coast right now, kind of like the um, Nigerian print scam, but in this way. And then others are doing it for the uh, child pornography aspect. Back to your question, though, is things to look for. You know, any time you notice a huge change in your child's behavior um, with cyberbullying or the sextortion um, or any kind of online enticement. Um, if they get become withdrawn, you know, they don't want to do things that they used to like to do. Um, they close the phone, they're closing the computer, they're becoming more secretive. If you notice, I mean, it sounds extreme to say, but it's happened. Your kid receiving gifts, cash, gift cards. A lot of times they will give them, well, this is more in the enticement aspect, but what is it like Robux or you know, video game credits in exchange for nude photos. But yeah, anytime their behavior like drastically changes, they become withdrawn. They don't want to talk. You know, they seem like they're not friends with the group that they were friends with. Does that make sense? You know, and you're like, what happened? Other than like those normal, like growing pains, you know, I was going through a teenager's phone once and the way they talk to each other in these group messages was so upsetting to me, you know, and they will like, it's kind of like that, I guess, like a pack mentality, like they will gang up on one person. And it's like, it just breaks your heart. Cause as adults, we're like, why would you tolerate this? You know, but as kids, they don't see it that way. Yeah. I just think talking to your kids about what's acceptable um, and, what's acceptable behavior. And then also what you would tolerate 
tolerate from other people, what a healthy friendship looks like, you know, and having a girl like it scares me, you know, because I mean, you can already see like the clique starting to form at such a young age and cyberbullying is just so real and so scary. And not only talking to your kids about being a victim or being the, the bully, talk to them about being a bystander too. You know, when you see it happening, find somebody you trust or report it. If you don't feel comfortable enough to intervene, then tell somebody, you know, and, and hopefully just educating our kids and talking to them about this can prevent it. I mean, it'll never end, but if we could just I don't know, prevent it less from coming into our own homes. No, I agree with you. I mean, and I see it already. Middle school was a huge change. It's been, you know, you, you when you have a child, you think, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. I'm going to lose sleep. I have to raise this baby, like, to keep this little human alive. And that is, like, not even, right. we all know as parents, like, that's the easy part. Yeah, I had a family member once say, like, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Exactly. Exactly. And so now, like for me, middle school has just been the most challenging part of my parenting journey that I've had thus far. And it shocked me the jump from fourth to fifth grade, just that jump, like from elementary to middle, the way the kids talk to each other, even with all boys, like it is still like they are catty and they can be nasty. You know, there's some kids who clearly they're not being restricted in what they're allowed to watch and listen to and so then my child is hearing things from other children so it's just thankfully I mean on one hand my son my my son's very naive but he is also very much a rule follower and he listens and he's you know so we're trying so hard to just like educate him and we do we have taken his phone and gone through it and we use the app and look at it and he's aware of it. We tell him, like, we're going to have your phone. But you still in the back of your head, like, I haven't let him have other social apps. He has Snapchat, but I do check it regularly. And he's only friends with all of our family. So half of the time he's sending me, like, cooking videos and he's sending stuff to, like, my cousin. Yeah. You know, so it's all very fun and innocent. But he has said, like, well, why can't... I get TikTok. Why can't I get Instagram? These people have this and this. And I'm like, you don't need that. Like, this is what you can have. I can control the settings. And same thing with like their Roblox and Minecraft. Both of the kids, I have settings on there where they can't contact anyone and they can't be contacted and they get aggravated with me. But yeah, I feel like that's the only way I know how. I feel like you're doing all the right things. I mean, I would be going through that phone too. And you're, you, you know, I, my daughter will be aware, like, Hey, I'm going to go through it whenever I, I need to, like, I'm paying for it and I'm going to go through it. Um, I don't know if that's the the right way, but it's going to be what works for us, you know, and, and everybody's different, but anything that has a chat feature puts your kid at risk, you know, and that's why it's so important to talk to them about what's right and what's wrong, you know, and, I even have these conversations with my daughter and she's, she's just kind of like, she doesn't get the whole concept of it, you know? And she's like, mom, these are like, you know, fake people on Roblox. I'm like, but no, they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not. 
Oh, the other thing you had mentioned with the settings, some of these settings, like some people will just say lie about their kid's age thinking like, oh, if I put that they're, you know, 18, maybe they won't be targeted. But that's actually not true because some of these settings on these apps, um, if you actually put that they're 13 or whatever, they are more restrictive. And knowing that they're, you know, a minor, the apps are more restrictive for some of them, not all of them. I think some of the video game apps are, are a lot more restrictive that way by putting their actual age. Like I didn't even realize like Among Us is, was another one. Yeah. And Roblox that they, because I did catch my younger one was on Roblox and I caught that he, his messaging feature was open. And thankfully it was like innocent. They were like messaging. It was mm -hmm. talking about, truly talking about Minecraft, but I was like, uh-uh, no. And I completely turned it off altogether to where, you know, he's like, well, I can't talk to anybody. I said, well, when your friends come over and they're sitting next to you with their right. app, then we'll connect you, you know, and then you can be connected to your best friend and you can talk to him. But that's it. Like, I'm not. Well, I want to find so and so in my class. I said, oh, well, that's sorry. That's sorry. not going to happen. <laughs> if they're never been in my house, like you're not talking to them online. Like, yeah, no. I feel like the next time we're together, Angelina, you need to go through my kids' iPads and tell me what, what am I missing? It was a lot of trial and error. And thankfully, you know, I was nothing. I didn't uncover anything, but now I know. But there's, all, there's stuff all the time. Every other day, like you said, my oldest is like, can I get this app? Look at this app. Can I get this? And, this? and he's like, you declined it. Like, you don't need anything. It's just one more thing for me to have to watch. It's, it's just crazy. And it's constantly like ongoing, you know, like mm -hmm. monitoring and keeping up with it. And it's like, oh. you know, I, I do know, I'm guessing it's the same for you that you have to approve any apps that they download, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, that's good too. So you know what they're trying to do and what they're trying to, to see and stuff. And, and another conversation I have with your kids is that they are responsible for, I mean, we all have younger kids, but they are responsible for what they put out online. And a lot of schools are now implementing different policies for cyberbullying and even just sharing certain information like underage drinking or drug use and sharing that on social media. You know, it's you're responsible for that. And a lot of them don't realize that either. I think it's it's crazy because growing up, I mean, we didn't have that. It's like I, we, I had a disposable camera. That's like the worst thing would be to somebody develops the pictures and we all looked at the pictures. But I think that's important that you said that we have to make sure our kids understand that this stuff is out there forever mm -hmm. and it could follow you for the rest of your life. Like if you're not careful about what you're doing. Yes. And I think that's why, unfortunately, like the suicide rates are high with this stuff because of the nature of it, you know, and they realize like, or they feel like I'll never escape this again. You know, it's out there forever. And You mentioned earlier that you thought people who were maybe in different financial situations or different household backgrounds were more susceptible. But do you think that there could be misconceptions that, you know, this couldn't happen to a kid that is in a good family and a good household and a good school? Yeah. It absolutely can. I mean, all it takes is your kid connecting with the wrong person. And that's why I always say like, you always have to keep your guard up, you know, 
the majority of kids, not just traffic, but who are exploited online is done by people they know. And especially with abuse too, like the sexual abuse, it's, it's people they know and, and trust. And so, yeah, I don't feel like you should let your guard down because, you know, oh, we're, you know, our kids in private school and we're a really involved family. I mean, I've had cases where that has happened. You know, I had a a victim once create a fake email address, you know, her email address was linked to her parents and they were like, no, like we're, we know everybody we're involved, but she knew how to create a fake email address. And she did. And she had like a secret page and secret social media and stuff. And it, it happens. Do you know what those apps are? I've heard, aren't there some apps that can like hide other apps? I've heard that teenagers will use to like hide pictures or yes and that was another case i had um a victim had her entire phone hidden you know almost like an encryption like it would hide everything so when i took her phone to do forensics on it um and look at it there were like five pictures two text messages and we all know a teenager's phone is gonna have way more stuff than that and it wasn't adding up and then I realized like the whole thing was hidden. I'd have to look up the names of those apps. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but they are out there. You know, I know they have like a um, calculator app. Um, it functions like a real calculator, but it's a, it's a storage vault, you know, it's file storage. And that's crazy. Scary. This makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to make you sad, Brandy. It's all about me, Angelina. Just aware. Just bring awareness. I know it's, gosh, it's just, it makes me angry that like, Mm -hmm. why, why is there so much evil in this world? Yeah. That's the part that I just do not understand. I know. And have, and being personal friends with Jesse, I know I've seen it sometimes where it just, you, like it really gets to you. I cannot imagine looking and dealing with this stuff there's some stuff that we'll start to talk about and jesse would be like y'all i can't like i can't do this yeah so being in this field that's got like at some point you have to just take a breath i don't even know some days it's really heavy it's just because like you said brandy it's like why you know why i mean i'm glad that i can do something to feel like i'm helping but at the same time yeah some days it's really heavy and you just, those mental health days are super important, you know, and when it does get heavy, I'm like a uh, sick day, you know, I'm going to lay in bed and binge watch Netflix and just, you know, or whatever, just turn it off. You know, you really learn how to um, compartmentalize and make sure that your work is staying at work and not following you into your house. And, and, you know, I'll do different things like with my mind on, trying to separate the two, you know, I was reading something one day that, and, and this is also just about life in general. And it was, I can't think of who wrote it, but it was about like, think about your life as being on like different balconies. So, um, like today, like right now I am, you know, at home and I'm on that balcony and that's what I'm doing right now. And it's also kind of goes in with mindfulness and stuff. And, you know, when I'm at, at work, that's what I'm doing. I'm fully involved in work and 
hopefully, you know, by the time I get home, I can turn it off, separate it, whatever, because I don't like that to follow me into the home. And yeah, like you said, Angelina, sometimes things will trigger that. And sometimes conversations will trigger it, bring me back to work. And I'm like, oh, no, let's change the subject because I'm not there right now with my girlfriends, you know. So I know that you can't share exact details, but is there a case that comes to mind that you just feel was rewarding for you or rewarding for the family or anything that like really stands out to you that might be helpful for our audience? Anytime we identify or, you know, rescue a victim, so to speak, is very rewarding. Sad, but rewarding that, you know, you can identify them and start getting them the help that they may need um, and bringing, you know, justice to, to them and their family. So I have two cases, well, two stories I could tell you that I'll kind of be vague with one of them. It was a state case or local case. And, um, this guy was a gymnastics coach and he was like secretly recording the girls of the studio. He also got arrested for like child pornography and some other things, but he was secretly recording the girls. And so we were doing the investigation for the child pornography that he was downloading off the internet and then found these videos of these girls he was recording. He had not been like a hands-on offender like he hadn't abused any girls that we knew of but you know I could see statistically it could eventually lead to that and so we were able to I guess stop him before it got to that point there were some victims in the case for other reasons and just being able to work with them and their families that was just a really rewarding experience and then I think he got 25 years in jail so just to see that play out and you know that was rewarding another moment I remember that was really rewarding and it's not related to internet safety but there was a a house fire and unfortunately somebody died in the fire so we had to go out there and investigate when I arrived on scene there was a girl who was about my age you know 20s who lived there with her family and they had like three or four dogs. I think they were Boston's Angelina, um, three or four dogs. And she lived there with the dogs and the family and everything. And she was so upset. And she's like, I got all the dogs out except one. And she was just crying and heartbroken over the whole situation. And I'm an animal lover too. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Well, I had to go in with the fire department And the house was soaking wet. I mean, I think they had like 20 firefighters out there and just from the hoses, putting the fire out and everything, like everything was charred and smoky and just soaking wet. And I go into the house and I look on the sofa and there's this little dog sitting there wagging his tail, like nothing happened. And I'm like, (laughs) she had all the dogs like in a car away from the scene. So they would be safe and not running around. And I'm like, did this dog get out? I mean, I didn't know anything but the dog was not wet. Like he hadn't been sprayed by the hose. Like, I don't know what happened. He did not have any smoke on him. So anyway, I picked him up and he's just letting me carry him. And I walk out and she sees it. She freaks out, comes running down the street. She's crying. It's making me cry, you know, me tear up. And she was like, my dog, it was like such a cool, like moment, you know, because I mean, I know, you know, it's an animal, but I'm an animal lover. And I remember that story. And it was like, just 
I was happy that she got the dog back. <laughs> That's so sweet. Before we move into our next mini segments, Jesse, is there any parting thoughts that you have for our audience on internet safety or just safety in general that you would like to close out this part of our segment um, to share with those listening? I feel like I could talk about this all day with just different cases and stuff, but I'll keep it brief. You know, my number one for parents and kids as well is, is know who your friends are. Know if you're posting pictures of your children online, you know, make sure they're appropriate. No potty training, no bathtub, you know, even some of the beach photos, you know, if you're public or if you don't know who all your friends are, you know, be very mindful of that especially because our kids are not consenting to be on the internet. You know, these are our pages. We're choosing this. You know, that's one of one of my my things. And then obviously for the safety reasons. Um, and it's important to teach your kids that too. You know, your kids should know everybody in person who they are. Don't assume, you know, don't say this is so-and-so's cousin or so-and-so's friend of a friend. They need to know who they are and who they're talking to. And then, you know, just have those conversations with your kids. I always equate the phone thing, getting your kid a phone as the same as giving them the keys to a car. If you don't feel like, I mean, you're not going to give your kids the keys to the car because everybody else is driving. You know, you're going to wait until you feel like they are old enough and mature enough to drive. And after going through a lot of training and, you know, driver's ed and things like that, and the phone is a very similar situation. If you see my parallel, you know, you need to make sure they're ready, they're mature enough, and that you have a lot of conversations about that, the phones and the sexting, the cyberbullying, the extortion, and the online enticement and taking nude photos. I think that's it. I feel like I just kind of rambled through it, but that's, that's my summary. You did not ramble. It was incredibly helpful. Thank you. So would you say... Before you get your kid a phone, like sit them down and say like, or even periodically while they have a phone, like we want to talk about and maybe take one topic at a time. Yeah, I think so. Just take one topic at a time. And also, you know, open up the discussion for them. Like, let them tell you, what are you guys looking at? Whenever we do um, internet safety presentations at school, I'm like, what are y'all, what do y'all use? What do you look at? What are you seeing online? What are your friends talking about? You know, and let them tell you too, because maybe you'll be able to pick up some new information or, you know, maybe just having them talk to you and open up that dialogue, you know, they'll feel like they're kind of educating you too and helping you and it may get that conversation going for them. That's great advice. This was very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. And I want to give people an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you personally, since they've listen to you chat about work as well. So our next segment is called, let me tell you something. And let me tell you something is when, you know, you call your friend and you say, Hey girl, let me tell you something. It could be anything. It could be on this topic. It could be something you're into. It could be something you just watched, whatever the case may be. But as our guest, we would like to open it up to you first on what is your, let me tell you something. Oh man. Let me tell you something about Love is Blind. Oh. Do y'all watch it? <laughs> okay. I watched season one. Okay. And I followed up with them, but I haven't. But then I heard somebody say season four and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So I've missed a lot. 
It is, like I say, you know, sometimes life gets heavy. You need some good trash TV. <laughs> I'm also trying to take a break from Scandaval, you know, with Vanderpump Rules. I don't know if y'all keep up with that. I've I've only kept up like on the internet. I haven't yeah, watched same, it. Same, yeah. same. On that note, I watched, there's a former Real Housewife that I follow. She's here in, from da- the Dallas crew. And she said that she watched Watch What Happens. And she's like, it's the best train wreck ever. She's like, you have <laughs> to go in and watch it. I'll sing, I'll have to see if, if it, it, she posted it in her stories. But speaking of that, I'll, yes. I'll send it out to you. Yes, I was actually reading that this morning about Schwartz. And people were saying it was a train wreck. And then other people were saying he's just having a open dialogue and a candid conversation, which is what all the other cast members are shying away from. You know, they're giving these like scripted statements and they're like, Schwartz is just rambling on. <laughs> but but Love is Blind is great. Great in the trash TV way. Yeah, Mindless yeah. TV watching. And before you know it, you'll be like, are they getting married? Are they not? You know, like, I, I love it. The one couple from the first season is still married. Yes. Which I was, like, surprised. And, uh, well, I, I like them, though. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, I just, the I did the concept that you meet someone and marry them, like, this is never going to, it's crazy. It's not going to work. I wanted them to last. I know. The subsequent seasons are good, though. Yeah. I There was one season that was kind of like, eh, but I, four just came out, and I just, I'm, like, binging it, so. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just jump to four. Yeah, just skip over it. Skip over the other two. That's the good thing about those. You don't have to like know what happened in the last season or the one before. It's just go for it. Exactly. And some moments are so cringe and I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Added it to the list. Yeah. Brady, did you have one? I usually have one. Oh, I'm trying purple carrot. So you guys know that I keep trying these different little things that um, I get, I get sucked in from the internet. (laughs) So I'm a marketer by trade and I understand what these things do, but I like to, I, I mean, I got, I got a little bit tired of green chef. I still have the account. So green chef, purple carrot, all of those are like meal delivery services where you can, you know, kind of cook your own meals. And so I just needed a little break because I've been doing Green Chef for a really long time and I'm trying more plant-based foods uh, for health purposes. And so Purple Carrot is a uh, plant-based meal delivery service and I received it on Wednesday. I've yet to cook anything. I'm not being paid for this, by the way, but I'm really excited (gasps) to try out some of their stuff. It's very adventurous for me. Um, Some of the things that I'm going to be trying and I'm a little bit nervous, but Tell me, what is it? Um, I don't, I don't remember what's on it, but I'll let you know next time, or we can put it in a stories or something. But it's like, oh, oh, one of them's like has something with beets in it, and I hate beets. So we'll see how this one goes. I think your phone and your social have figured you out to a T to target you totally. so perfectly. Oh yeah, they're like, this is what Brandy wants today. Yes, just feed her, and Brandy's like, click, 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 click. <laughs> Yes. Sold. <laughs> right. Adds to cart. I don't really follow. I mean, there's very few like fashion influencers that I follow. And if you ever see me like pictures of me or anything like that, I'm a plain Jane. So that explains a lot. But when it comes to food and trying out new things, yeah, the internet has me figured out. They've got you. That's my late. That's my, let me tell you something. I'm trying out purple carrot. 
Okay, mine was mine is super random, but and this is courtesy of TikTok. I didn't make this up, but you can make your own whitening mouthwash at home. All you do is add hydrogen peroxide and baking soda to your existing mouthwash. Why I haven't done this before, I don't know. Because I remember when I was younger in a pinch, like using baking soda to brush my teeth or something. So you just like, you need to pour out like not half, but a little more than, like have just a little more than half in the bottle. And I didn't measure it. I don't know what the measurements are. I just eyeballed it. And I was just like, and added a little bit of hydrogen peroxide, add a little bit of baking soda. You shake it up. You just have to make sure you shake it every time before you use it because the baking soda settles. But it's a nice gentle whitening. And I think it's working. <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I read like Vogue or one of those magazines, Cosmo, probably not Vogue, probably like Cosmo. And they had something about the baking soda hydrogen peroxide as a teeth whitener. Uh-huh. And I tried it. Like, I think I brushed my teeth with it and like my gums were white. <gasps> I was like, oh, did I bleach my gums? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I was freaking out. And it, I mean, it, it wore off like, it was, like soon after, you know, it wasn't there long, but I just remember that like freaking out. <laughs> That's so funny. I think it was probably Cosmo. We read a lot of Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a new quiz. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of flower are you? I know. Teenagers these days will never know the joy of that, like getting that magazine and taking a quiz. So good. Yeah. Okay. Our last segment is rapid fire. So this is just for you, Jesse. And it's a chance to know you a little bit better. We're supposed to do rapid fire and we don't try not to interject, but we do because we talk too much. So, but this is the goal. Are we doing our sound effects? Oh, I forgot. How do you forget that? I'm so disappointed in you right now. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to start over. <laughs> it's time for rapid fire. What is your go-to daily pleasure or self-care? So this is something that you love to do every day. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm such a treat yourself girl. Like you deserve it. So mm-hmm. mainly I would say there's Starbucks at my office in the lobby. So I'm like, girl, you made nice. it to work. Treat yourself. So <laughs> I love um, Starbucks. And then also at the end of the day, like when my day is done and I'm winding down, I take a bath, like hot bath, bath salts, bubble bath, mm-hmm. whatever, glass of wine or champagne, something. And I soak. And now I do not think like gen- general hygiene is considered self-care because, you know, some people are try and push that off. Like on moms, like, Oh, you took a shower, you know, that's not self-care, but these Mm-mm. baths, it's like 45 minutes and I nice. soak. And if I want to keep up with uh, internet drama, you know, celebrity <laughs> gossip, I'll do it. If I want to read a book or watch a show, I'll do it. So that's my main thing. Like I'll, you know, I'll tell my husband, I'll be like, all right, I'm about to go take my bath. So, you know, we're done. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. Like, you know, dinner's done. Everything's done. That's how I like shut my day down. So now, yeah. but do, does, does your daughter come in? Because my kids, they don't respect oh. my bath time. And then it's like opening the door, mom, mom. Yes. You know, she still comes in and I will text Joe and I will be like, call her. <laughs> like, or I'll send her on a mission like, hey, you know, go do Usually that. if they come in, I'm like, oh, since you're here, you want to go get me a sparkling water? Yeah. Yes. Mom would love a LaCroix right now. Thanks. Yeah. So but yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't really um, 
respect it as much either. Okay. But I try. It's not just me. No. Uh-uh. It's kids. I will say I was the lucky recipient of Jesse's favorite things gift for our swap for Christmas. This is something we do as our group of friends. We all bring like our favorite things and then we do, is it white elephant? Yeah. It's like a, like white, a white elephant. Yeah. Like you could steal. Yeah. And I was able to get it. And part of your gift, I don't know if you remember, was the Dr. Teal set, which I love. Yes. And so I had, I got to, I hadn't tried the bath bombs before and I got to try the bath bombs and then this lovely Stanley cup that I've now become obsessed with. Yes. Love it. I love it. Okay. If you could go live anywhere for a year other than where you live now, where would you go and why? Okay. So if I could go anywhere, then like international, I'd probably go live in like a Tuscan vineyard. Mm. I think that would be amazing. Just Italy in general, and then, mm -hmm. or, or on the Amal Amalfi coast and one of the lemon, uh, orchids like that. Be so nice. And then if I had to choose stateside, it would probably be like the low country area, the Carolinas, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the East coast. I love that area too. It's really pretty. Yeah. So if you could choose any way to spend the day off, what would your perfect day off be? At an Ole Miss football game, tailgating in the Grove. <laughs> it's my favorite place. And then um, if it isn't football season, I mean, I'm a I'm a seven. So like my Enneagram. So I, I like people. I like to be around, you know, people and friends and stuff like that. So it would just be brunching, shopping, something, spending time with my people, you know? Yeah, that's always perfect. If you could, and this is one of our favorite questions, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? Stay close to anything that makes you feel like sunshine. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yes. New quote, new quote for I social. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No. There was a quote that Angelina and I were talking about a while back, like before we even started, it was, it had something to do with sunshine and we wanted to use it and we both forgot what it was. So there here we are. There we are. We found one. The universe has spoken. Has spoken. Yeah. Anything, I mean, following this career and the things that I've done in my life, anything that kind of like lights that fire inside of me and makes me feel like excited or energized, you know, like sunshine would is what I try to, you know, follow. And so, yeah, just stay close to that. And if it doesn't feel like that, doesn't make you feel like sunshine, send it on its way. I love it. Such a great way to close this out. I know. Thank you, Jesse. That was perfect. You're welcome. Jesse, it has been an absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we could literally talk all day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. So to learn more about how you can better protect yourself and your children, visit HTTPS colon two forward slashes www.dhs.gov forward slash blue dash campaign. And we'll have that link in our show notes. Um, thank you all for listening today. I felt like it was such a, an enlightening and educational experience. Jesse, we so appreciate your expertise and your time uh, to share the information with us and our audience. And um, if you guys have any other questions or would like to learn more, let us know. Feel free to DM us with any questions. And as always, um, please send your reviews if you liked this episode. And um, and we love we love receiving your feedback. So thanks everyone for joining today. Jesse, thank you. It was an absolute privilege. 
And until next time, hope you all have a great week. Cheers. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk Forward to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life.